Leonard Lee here, the host of Say Yes and Become. And before we begin our conversation today, I want to tell you about Papa's Roast Coffee. It's my favorite. Papa's Roast is taken from a single origin coffee source and then roasted in small batches so you get an amazing quality with every bag you buy. The care and expertise shown by Dean and Debbie Christ in making Papa's Roast has made Papa's Roast my favorite coffee to drink each day. Now you can get your own Papa's Roast by ordering online at www.papasroast.com. You'll find a link in the show notes. Now let's get to today's conversation. Hey, welcome to Say Yes and Become. I'm your host, Leonard Lee, and we have one of our uh, returning guests, Justin Orr. He's been on our inaugural first guest episode. That was episode two. He's been on 34, 39, 40, 48, and he is here today. Wow, you are just like a frequent flyer, Justin. Um, for those of the, those people like tuning in who have not heard Justin Orr, uh, give us a quick rundown of who you are and what you're about, because we're going to have a fun podcast today. Well, I am. Great, thank you. That's enough. <laughs> I am. I am. That does not mean I'm God. I just, I am. That's all it is. You're no, Popeye. I, yeah, I am what I am that I am. I love that phrase, by the way. Um, I am a pastor at a church. I'm an associate pastor. I do life groups, small groups, uh, young adults, hospitality. You know, we just wear a bunch of hats and it's always a joy and a privilege to be able to serve Jesus that way. Um, so that's what I'm all about. I'm a married man, but we are empty nesters, which is crazy fun for us. Um, we're kind of Disney fanatics. We love to go to Disneyland. When I say Disney fanatics, we like to go to the park and play. Uh, so that's one of the things that Stacy and I do on a regular basis. And gosh, we're getting ready for a missions trip coming up, and I'm pretty darn excited about that. In fact, yes, that's pretty much are. all I can think about at the moment. So you, you and Stacy, been married how long now? You just celebrated an um, anniversary. No, November will be 18. 18 uh, we'll be years. Yeah, we'll be legal as an adult. We'll have an adult mm. marriage finally. Well, it is about time. <laughs> okay, so in in your marriage, who's the who's the most adult person, or let me say, grown up person? Okay, that's a dumb question because yeah. it's obviously her. I mean, I know it is, but it's I wanted obviously you to say her. <laughs> you needed me to say that out loud. Is that I what it did. is? Now it's recorded <laughs> for all eternity. Like somehow I was in denial of of yeah. who I am and who she is. Okay, <laughs> both of our listeners are going to use that against you. So, um, so, uh, Justin, I want to uh, do something a little different today. Um, I want to talk about food and the reason why it's not because you're eating right now. Um, it is because (laughs) (laughs) good thing. This isn't on video. I'd be like, man, uh, I would not be eating on video. I'll just put it that way. (laughs) Um, I want to talk about food because, there are some things in life that uh, have have been a big part of our friendship for going almost to 30 years now. Um, we met first time at a Carl's Jr. restaurant. Yep. Uh, we uh, have spent countless hours in kitchens, cooking food, making recipes. We've mm-hmm. messaged back and forth for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, I'm doing this. What do you think? How would you do this? How would you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, I tell everybody I know about you that you are a that you are a professional chef, that you yeah. are a uh, a grill master, um, that you uh, you you're the guy I go to first when I have questions about cooking something. 
Um, That's very kind. Because you're very good at it and you don't charge me money for advice. Um, (laughs) And so uh, I want to just talk about food. And so my first question for you, and we can, I'll answer these with you as well. Um, If you, what's your food to eat, man? This is my go-to food. Uh, Not You don't even have to make it, but this is, this is the food that gets me every time. Um, well, it's meat, of course. I love, you know, pork, chicken, beef, but it's really barbecue. Like if I can find really good barbecue, whether it's made by myself or one of my buddies, um, there's nothing quite like it, in my opinion. Don't get me wrong. I love pizza. It's one of my favorite things in the world. But um, between the two, which is better for me, I'll take barbecue any day because uh mm-hmm. You know, that's so yeah, it's just that's I think that's the simple answer is just good old fashioned barbecue. Now, mm-hmm. here's the thing. If you live in California, people think that grilling hot dogs and hamburgers is barbecue. So I'm talking, you know, for your listeners who actually know what barbecue is, we're talking low and slow, indirect heat, lots of smoke. Like, well, they'll go, Californians just really don't understand what barbecue is versus what grilling is. In fact, I, I regularly help people understand that difference. Because they're not the same thing. So no, they're not. They're not. And and actually, you can create amazing food both ways. Truth. Uh, Absolutely. But uh, they're not the same thing. And so when I talk about barbecue, I usually mean low and slow. I usually mm-hmm. mean something smoked. I usually mean something that has <clears throat> been curated over time, marinated, yep. and it's just kind of sitting there and uh, takes a lot longer to cook and it takes some patience. Um, I think my answer to the question would probably be about the same as yours. There is something about a, 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 a beef mm-hmm. when it is cooked low and slow, a brisket, mm. a tri-tip that is smoked just right. Got that mm. perfect pink in the middle. Uh, there's something about that, that you just kind of go, I wonder if this will be served in heaven. And then you go, of course it will. Uh, and we just lost all our vegetarians. <laughs> <laughs> to all my ve- vegan and vegetarian friends. It's um, that smoked tofu, man. It just gets me every uh, time. And there's, there's, there's a section in heaven uh, just for you. Um, yeah. uh, and I, I actually have a dear friend who anytime I do something for the church, I smoke her a block of tofu. Do you really? Um, I do. Because she is, she's my admin and she is one, she's a rock star. Amazing. I absolutely adore her and her husband are both vegan. And so I always make sure that I cook for them specifically. So I'll do smoked portobello mushrooms, which mm. that I'm, that's as glorious as a steak in the smoker, just so you oh, know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I do, I love them. I want to honor them because again, food is really, it's about relationships, right? I mean, yes, that's really is. the thrust of this podcast is, yeah. you know, it's one of those beautiful places where we get that connection with people. So it, absolutely. But we're not there yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, oh, you're just jumping ahead. Cause jumping the gun, man. That's right. You, you know, you ruin food when you take it out of the oven too soon. Um, and true. so, uh, but my, I, it's right up there with pizza you know, a good mm-hmm. deep dish smoked pizza. There is nothing wrong with that. Homemade crust, homemade sauce. Man. And you just fill that up with all the cheeses and the right right ingredients. And you got to put some black olives on it. And I just put some artichokes on my last one. Mm. Oh, gosh. I think uh, I think that I almost wet myself. Are you, are you making them at home on the smoker? I am. I am. So, In fact, uh, I did a dozen of them last time. 
Speaking of which, uh, what I'll do is I'll have to get my buddy to send me his recipe for his dough because he uses mm. a certain kind of flour. Yeah. And Leonard, it, it's the best pizza I've ever had in my life. He, in fact, for when he he bought a pizza oven or someone gave him a pizza oven for for Christmas, and the dude literally made pizza every day for like a month mm. and perfected his dough. It requires fermentation. I mean, it is fire. It's so good. I'll anyway, I, I'll see me. if I can't get it to you because it's I one can, you're going to want to try it. So I will try it. I just, uh, I just for my small group here at our church, we had them all over, and I, I've got these little pans, little eight inch or ten inch pans, and uh, I made crust for everybody, mm. and then I put out all the ingredients, and everybody made their own stuffed pizza. Oh, that's and awesome! Then we smoked it, and it takes about thirty minutes at four hundred on my smoker. Okay. But there's holes in the bottom of the pan, so the smoke comes up into the crust. Oh, nice. There is nothing wrong with that. You don't complain about anything. And so pizza's really good, but something about a brisket that's done right, mm. man, that's just like heaven too. Mm-hmm. And I, I know some people say, well, that's a pretty low view of heaven. I mm. I disagree. Agree to disagree right now. Mm. Uh, so food is a big deal for <laughs> me. A low view of heaven. So, um, what's heaven like? Brisket, brisket, <laughs> and my daughter's my daughter's just, vegan, so I I know how to cook vegan food pretty good too. Yeah, no, <clears throat> it's just one of those facets of heaven, you know, that makes it the glorious thing that it is. It's just like one That's little right. piece of it. That's, That's all right. It is. It's not that this is heaven. It's just a piece of it. Well, yeah. you know, the Bible says there'll be smoke coming from the throne, and that's because. The pellet grill's filled and mm. God's cooking something back there. Oh, uh, yes. So, oh, uh, um, yes. When uh, when we start talking about food and how much fun it is uh, to cook and eat, what is your favorite thing to serve somebody? When you're going, man, I, I'm mm. going to go get fire up the smoker. And I just, every time I serve this to somebody, I just get joy. And I, I mean, all my food is that way when I'm serving people. Mm-hmm. But there's just some things you go, that just you know, makes me happy. You know, it's funny. I, because I love to cook so much, it doesn't necessarily matter what it is. I'm with you on that. Like there's no one dish that I think for myself, oh, this is the one I love to serve people the most. Um, sometimes I just get a real weird hankering to do stuff. Like I don't normally smoke a lot of brisket in my life because of time. It's, you know, it's a 12 to 18 hour commitment right um but i had it's almost like marriage i'm pretty sure marriage is much bigger than that but um (laughs) (laughs) uh you know i i pulled one out the other day i had a bunch of friends over and it was honestly it was the best brisket i've ever smoked in my life i mean it was perfectly tender it had Mm. the right flavor profile it was just salty enough really perfect burnt ends nice bark i mean it was and it was just absolutely fun. And it was simple. I made a caprese tortellini salad with it. And then um, just cornbread. Real simple, straightforward. Oh, yeah. But I'll be honest. I think I think my favorite jam is tacos. I, I don't mm. know what it is. I learned, I learned really good Mexican food when I was working in restaurants from these gals that would work in the kitchens with me. And so they taught me, you know, how to make salsa correctly, you know, or at least authentically, like as you would in Mexico. Yeah. And uh, I've played with it, tweaked it, and just fell in love with it. So those are my those are my go tos. But as you know, I have a uh, I have a sauce. It's called the deathbed sauce. And, yes, yes, uh, you do. Only a few people that I love 
dearly have received it in my life. And woot, woot, woot. yeah, you, you've got it. Um, and the answer is no. If the listeners are out there, will I give it to them? I love you. No, I won't. Um, I won't got, either. Yeah, it's <laughs> but it's it's pretty stinking special. There's something about it. It's just like it, it's a magic sauce, man. It just tastes good. It goes on everything. I have friends who um, I have. It almost has a weird cult following. So, mm, yeah, we just made some a couple weeks ago and we made we made two the same flavor. But I got I brought this pepper back from Africa uh-huh. and we dropped a little bit of it in some of it. And I got to tell you what, it took everything that deathbed is, all the flavor, didn't change it a bit, but added just a pinch heat. more heat. Nice. And it was so good. Both were great. I, I couldn't decide which one to put on the, on the food I was cooking. So I just oh, did wow. both. Okay. I, I made two piles of meat and two piles of barbecue sauce. And, uh, you know, there's something super satisfying when you pull a pork shoulder off and you pinch it with your hand, the whole thing just falls apart. Yeah. Uh, there's something really satisfying when you, uh, take a brisket off and you let it rest and then you slice it. And that piece just hangs over your finger, uh, like a horseshoe and just hangs there. And then you pull it apart just perfectly. And, and then you say, I better eat both of these cause I touched them. <laughs> It's the rule, you know, and then yeah, you're, um, you're right. It really is, man. And so I, I have a, uh, I have a great joy in cooking those kinds of things. Um, I just, uh, a, um, uh, uh, some ribeyes the other day, but I didn't do them in the smoker. I did them in the oven, mm. you know, did the butter marinade and the mm-hmm. rosemary on top. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, meat has become so expensive it, it's become more difficult but oh you're not wrong i still love to just cook tell there there's a story you're going to tell here in a second um when uh when um i think it was your birthday and covid was happening uh you, oh. did, you did a drive-by <laughs> what so we are you know 2020 right the the world is shut down my birthday it happens early March and my birthday is in May. So is my wife's and we were jonesing for company. Um, that's really the problem. It, the extrovert in me could no longer take being cooped up without my friends. And so we said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to serve people just like you would in a restaurant. We're going to do something called street tacos from the street. And so I set up, I, I made all this, these, this taco meat. I set up my griddle and a table out on literally our street where you can drive by because it's this big round donut shape. And I put it out on Facebook. Come on by, but just RSVP if you're driving by so that I can just give you a box uh, with two street tacos and a churro with salsa on it or everything like that. And literally people just drove up with their cars. I and love that. However, many people were in their car, we handed them three, four boxes of tacos. And uh, what it turned into now, this was not intentional. People parked and got out of their cars and sat on the lawns. But, you know, part of it was it was a lot of the folks from my church, my friends, my family. I mean, I think we ended up serving about 120 people <laughs> in front of my house in, in, in like, I think it was like May 15th or something like that. And my son came down and 
Um, we, it was, I, I, I did not run out of food, meaning I had enough food for everyone, but, uh, um, there were 12 baskets left over. There weren't, no, it was, I was down to the bottom <laughs> dregs of those pans. Well, then Jesus is better. Yeah, he really is. Oh, of course he is like that. That miracle never ceases to amaze <laughs> me as a caterer. I did the math once on, on that, you know, if I had to feed 5,000 people, how much meat bread would it actually take me to do that? And the numbers are stupid. Like it's oh, just yeah. absolutely stupid. Two fish and three loaves or five loaves. Come on. Well, like, and nobody just... back then did mass feedings anywhere. It wasn't like that's a common thing. Hey, let's all show up in a field and we'll just feed everybody. Right. Yeah. No, that's you know, a, it's have a big kinda... party like that. Yeah. So crazy. So you fed them all tacos. They all sat in yeah. the lawn and yeah. had just enough food. And um, <clears throat> let me ask you a question about that. Yeah. How much joy was in your heart every time you handed out a taco? Oh my gosh. We smiled and laughed um, for a good hour and a half because it was easily that long that we were giving tacos out. That is so great. I mean, it was, it was so wonderful to see people I hadn't seen. Um, I met new people because I was just friends with them on Facebook and they said yes and came by, but I never met them face to face. Oh, that's awesome. Like they had friended me on Facebook because of church or something like that. And I don't really care. I don't filter on those platforms. Like, you know, unless you're being weird or inappropriate, then I'll block you. But if you want to just be my friend, I don't care. I'll say yes. And so, um, I, I met a couple folks who were new to our church or newer to our church. Yeah. They came out and hung out with us for a while and it was, it was, it was something special. It was something very unique. That's for sure. And it was talked about for, it's still talked about, to be honest with you, uh, among the circle of my friends. They're like, when are you doing those street tacos from the street again? (laughs) Tacos from the street. (laughs) So actually uh, what we're doing, one of the things that we did to help our young adults, because we're bringing some young adults with us to Cuba uh, with four gen we're doing, I am raffling off. 10 or tacos for 10 people nice uh, for 10 bucks you get 10 entries for 10 bucks and so uh we've we've raised about seven or eight hundred bucks already and it's Man, really I just to cover that. it's to cover our flights to miami just to right. make life a little easier for these folks and um so we're we're doing real good so yeah somebody's gonna win tacos for 10 on august 13th we do our drawing someone's yes. gonna get food for 10 people they're like does it matter if i have 10 friends i'm like no i'll bring you food for 10 people i don't care if you actually use it all week for your lunches or you have 10 people over, it don't matter to me. That's so, so. great. I love that. It's it's amazing to me <clears throat> how much food is mentioned in the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, whether he's talking about leaven and leavening a whole lump and whether connected to sin, how much instruction God gave to the Israelites about, about the, the bread in the temple, the bread at Passover, um, how many different times God talked about fruits and vegetables and animals and, and so on and so on. And then how many times um, in the new Testament um, food was at the center of a conversation at the center of a, of of a fellowship or a friendship. And I, I actually, um, I think that there's something strategic about food when it comes to loving others. Um, our whole, our whole ministry and my whole life is centered in this thought. I just want to make disciples who make disciples. Yeah. I want to multiply, um, my life or the life of Jesus in me and others so that they can do the same. Um, we have spent, 
uh, more hours than we can remember or count in kitchens together. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we we have roasted a pig in my garage, and all my yep. neighbors kept coming by, looking at us like, "What's going on?" Uh, for your birthday, by the it way. was. Well, we did that for my birthday once, but we also did it for catering. Yes, we did. That yeah. was the first one. The we, first we one, one and the second one was for my birthday that I didn't even know what I was. I was making Picking your own pig. <laughs> They're like going, "Hey, let's <laughs> deliver this." Okay, all right. I come walking in. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> I think that was my 40th birthday. So yeah, uh, I think it was, it was yeah. an adventure and uh, we have camped out and made more food around um, campfires. Oh, we yeah. have brought grills. Uh, yeah. We have brought uh, barbecues. We have mm -hmm. brought smokers. Uh, we've done it on <laughs> little tiny smoky Joe's Weber's mm -hmm. cooked it on sticks do you remember uh, that stupid red devil I used to bring? That, yes. that big kind of giant wok? Yes, yeah. I do. We How many <laughs> breakfasts did we make out of that thing? For years. Because honestly, it would be the camp out because it was this giant wok. You could scramble and, you know, fry, bake. I mean, it was it was perfect for groups of 10, 20 easily. Oh, yeah. We would put uh we would make we'd we'd uh put all the leftover meat from the night before, mm -hmm. cut it up, put it in there, season it up, and then throw eggs and peppers and onions. And, mm -hmm. and uh, we, we've had a lot of fun around food. So here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about um, what are some things that possibly we have learned about God and about faith and about life, standing shoulder to shoulder, just cooking food and laughing. I've got a few in my mind. Uh, maybe you have a few in your mind. Um, and I'm not looking for like some super spiritual lesson that there's ingredients to life. And if you measure twice, uh, <laughs> I'm not looking for that. Um, so, <laughs> just as that's, shoot, now I don't have to, I don't have an answer. <laughs> that's not true at all. I don't think that way at all, actually. <laughs> Neither one of us cook that way. <laughs> well, nor, nor do we, I, I'm not like, I don't, I don't think of my faith journey in those kind of super overly <laughs> spiritual terms anyway. Right. It's really, it's, it's, you know, friendship and partnership. It's, yeah. it's, it's about the relationships. And so I think for me, the bonding that happens while cooking, the relationships, the conversations, the mm -hmm. organic part of that, um, there's, it, it feels safe in that it's not this formal setting, <clears throat> excuse me, where, I have to have deep theological answers for really deep theological questions. And don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean that those conversations don't happen around cooking or food or these kinds of instances, but um, it's not like I need to sit down with you with this book, take you through these verses, ask you these questions. And you have to have the, 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 the answers about this kind of mm. stuff. You know, I, I don't need to do a formal class on epistemology while making a burrito with people. So like it, it, it's, it's, I think it's just safe. It creates a safe space to have really honest conversations. Um, yeah. And I think some, honestly, one of the lessons that I've learned is don't ask stupid questions. Um, I, I think one of the most infamous questions I ever asked you while cooking was, do you have any idea what it's like to lead people who don't want to follow? <laughs> you remember this? And what was my answer? <laughs> uh, I, think, I think I read a book about it once. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. The look on your face when I said it, it was like, 
oh, I just asked a stupid question. And then we just both started laughing. Oh my God. Yeah. I was, I was managing your restaurant at the time and I was just venting about frustrations with employees. And, you know, here I am talking to a senior pastor who's regularly dealing with folks who don't want to follow and don't, and and not just him, but Jesus, you know, I mean, that's part of the journey. We're we're helping people learn to follow Jesus. And so, you know, when I said that out loud, I've never lived that question down. In fact, you have reminded me more than once that I've asked you that question. I haven't marked on my calendar to bring it up <laughs> every year. Thanks. Yeah, that's good. I, I go, I go make a burrito and say, Hey, I got to tell Justin this thing. <laughs> so um, I think some of the stuff that I have learned about God and, and faith and ministry around food is that, um, is that there are more, there's more than one connection. Mm. You know, there's a connection you have as you sit with somebody and you dive deep into scripture. Yeah. And that is a great connection. And I love that. Um, there's a connection you have when you are teaching somebody how to do something that they're going to mm-hmm. take with them and multiply it. And there's a little element of that in food. I learned a lot from you uh, cooking. Um, but there's something about sharing side by side, everybody taking a role and taking a part and, you know, whether it's, you know, me cutting up stuff or me cooking stuff. Um, and one of the things I like about food is the feedback you get instantly. Um, yes. You know, yes. in ministry, you don't always get that. Uh, and and <laughs> a, sometimes you get feedback that's negative really fast yeah. because we yeah. live in a pretty hypercritical culture. Yeah. Um, but when you cook food, you get feedback and it's like, Hey, that was good. And you can mm-hmm. say, man, I can, I, I know how to, I know how to adjust that. I know how to make it better. Mm-hmm. And those are actually tools that I use in my faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm doing something. I'm trying to follow Jesus and, and I'm an unmade bed is how I like to think of it. Um, well, I just learned how to do that better mm-hmm. in my faith. And I, I get some of that mentality of improvement of learning how of tweaking you don't need permission to change a recipe uh, mm-hmm. you know and so I, I find those things in my mind and my head going uh, those are those are really good lessons when it comes to food and mm-hmm. how you do food so uh, that's always a fun thing for me um, uh, years ago I was at a Billy Graham school of evangelism Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and they've got these back to back to back speakers. And the first guy got up and he spoke and I'm 25 years old. I'm kind of full of myself and everything. And I hear this speaker go, <clears throat> he gave a speech and it was good. And I go, Oh, I could do that. And then the next guy, the next guy gets up and he gave a speech and I go, well, I could do that. And then the next guy gets up and he gives a speech and I, go, well, I could do that. And then this guy gets up and he gave his speech and I just sat there in my chair and wept. Mm. And I said, I don't know Jesus like that guy. Mm. What an arrogant. Uh, and I, I, I was, I gave myself a label that maybe somebody shouldn't. Um, yeah. Or you shouldn't repeat on the podcast. Yeah. I, I, what an arrogant punk I am. Mm. And, uh, and I just sat in my chair and wept. And one of the things that I, I asked Jesus to do, I said, Jesus, would you, would you help me appreciate what people do well? Mm. Uh, rather than compare myself of whether or not I could do it better. And that's a process. That's a journey. Food has helped me with that Mm -hmm. because I sit with somebody. I mean, 
uh, as great as as great as I you are, and as much as I love your food, the best cook I've ever eaten from is my mother. Mm-hmm. There was just I think it was butter uh, was her secret ingredient, but there was just nothing she couldn't cook from all different aspects of the food, the culinary, whether it was uh, Mexican, Italian, you know, Southern, whatever it was. And her food always just tasted perfect to me. Uh, And I, I learned by cooking food with people like you and, and other folks that uh, there's just some people who are maestros Mm -hmm. and I love watching people do well with the way they see life and the the things they know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I learned that, um, I learned that cooking food. I I got to practice that lesson. I learned at Billy Graham school of evangelism in food and it really helped my spiritual life. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned the feedback piece. So the good majority of my adult life has been in the culinary world. And so I became used to the rhythm of immediate feedback. Mm -hmm. And then I stepped into ministry and I literally (laughs) remember having the conversation with you going, Leonard, how do you know you're doing a good job? Like, I don't ever feel like I finish anything. I don't feel like I even know if I'm making a difference. Uh, I like there's zero feedback. And like you said, sometimes it's just negative immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it could be a very warped lens of what's really going on. Um, and so I, 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 for me, it's, I, I had to lean into the relationship piece. Mm. You know, how are my relationships going? Do I have the trust of the people around me so that they can have those kind of really honest conversations about what God is doing in their lives? You know, are they willing to come to me with struggle and the things they're falling short in? Do they trust me that I'm safe enough to be able to say those things without me beating them up, but helping them follow Jesus more closely? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's what I had to shift. I had to shift the opposite direction because, mm-hmm. you know, yes, I get feedback and food and those things, you know, um, but honestly, that's just not my, I, as good as I am, it is not my calling. In yeah. fact, at the height of my catering business, when I, I mean, it was just booming. I did nothing. God just opened the door for me because I thought it was the dream of my heart. I was convinced that this is what I was supposed to do. Cause like you said, I, I really didn't have a path into ministry formally, vocationally. I didn't have an education. I hadn't been in a student ministries role where I could have worked my way through it. And I was getting older and, but here I was at this, um, this mansion catering this, this wedding and I was like, I mean, this place was posh and there's just me making barbecue out in there, you know, smoking tri-tip and chicken and all these vegetables and stuff like that on site. Cause that's, and we wanted it fresh and ready. And I just remember hearing God at that point, point going, um, is this what you were made for? Mm. And I just felt this longing in my heart to say, you know, I was, I feel like I was made for ministry. I yeah. really as good as this is, this is the top of the mountain. It's not going to get any better than this. Right. This right. isn't, this isn't all I want. And so it's funny I, that, that trigger was kind of the catalyst for me to begin asking questions about what mm. would it take? What do I need to do? What's one step I can take? Um, what's one class I can take that kind of thing. Yeah. But you know, yeah, it's funny how God works that way. 
Yeah, it's around food even. Well, it's around food, but you know, there's something there's something special about uh, providing something for others. Uh, bef- you you were going to do a wedding, mm-hmm. and uh, it canceled, and so you had all these cases of tri tip, and <laughs> I think you remember that, and you gave me one of them, and I think there was like seven tri tips in there. Yeah, uh, and then you gave me one of those as a gift, and uh, and then we're getting ready to move and it's still in my freezer. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, we're going to move to Tennessee. I can't haul that across the, the country. Right. right. And so I, and this is, you know, COVID is winding down, so to speak and, yeah. and what have you. And I, and so I went into the backyard and got my smoker fired up. I put a bunch of pellets in there. I got it all ready to go. I seasoned them up and I smoked all seven uh, tri-tips mm-hmm. all at one time. Man, did my backyard and house smell good. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I wrapped them in foil so they could just rest and finish. And I took them to my neighbors. And nice. I went to this house and I, and I said, hey, I got this for you. What? They couldn't hmm. believe they were. They were like, what? I said, yeah, this is a, a, a fresh tri-tip. I just, I just took it off the smoker. In fact, they could feel, wow, that foil's hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and um uh, that opened more doors to great conversations about uh, why we live the way we do, how we value uh-huh. people, what is the, at the heart of God is generosity and love uh-huh. and how, what are ways to show that? And the reason why we're talking about food today is because food is one of those ways that uh, you can show generosity and love. Simple. Simple and easy. Whether you're buying a meal or making a meal, you can show generosity and love through food in a very unique way. And food itself demands feedback. When you cook a meal, um, it puts you in a place where you have to be the kind of person who seeks feedback. That is a character trait for ministry. You've got to be the kind of person that when you do something, you're looking for somebody to say, hey, how can I make that better? How, uh-huh. What kind of feedback can you give me? And you've got to be wise in who you choose because somebody's going to say, that was perfect. Don't change anything. And you know, that's not true. Uh-huh. Or somebody's going to say, well, I would change everything you did. Uh, and uh-huh. you know, that's not true. Uh-huh. But being able to sort it out and go, okay, I, I'm, I'm the expert in doing this. Uh-huh. So I know what feedback to take or not take but I'm going to look for feedback. And that that's one of the lessons I learned about in food as well. So let's, uh, let's, let's move our conversation forward. You and I are passionate about food, uh-huh. about cooking food, about recipes, about making things before we move on, give one recipe that you'd say, Hey, you got to try this at home. And remember, remember some people in the kitchens have more thumbs than fingers. Mm, man, that is a question that just, I, yeah. I got one you can share, but uh, you make the best pasta salad that I've ever Oh, had. yeah. Pasta salad is definitely one of my go-tos, but I, I've been messing with a variation that I think I like better. Yeah. It is it is a caprese salad. So it's um, fresh tomatoes, uh, boiled tortellini, cheese tortellini that you cool and mm-hmm. drain and rinse and all that jazz. Uh, fresh basil, the little fresh balls of mozzarella or fresh oh, chunks of yeah. mozzarella. And then a really good balsamic vinegar, like the thick type syrupy stuff. Yeah. 
little olive oil, some garlic, um, just real simple. So it's, and, and then some salami for salt. Nice. So it's, it's, you know, tomatoes, salami, mozzarella cheese, these tortellinis and fresh basil, and then that, that dressing type setup. And I'm telling you, you will have people just coming back for more, unless they hate tomatoes, which, you know, people, some people hate tomatoes. So you can't, you just, you know, you can't fix that. No, but that is that is probably one of my go-to salads right now. Nice. It's simple, it's fresh, and on a hot day, it's just really refreshing. So well, there's something nice. about a salad with uh, we. I do it. I just did a avocado tomato salad the other day. Mm-hmm. And something about that just refreshing, especially when it's mm-hmm. warm. Yeah, I think one of the things I love is um, is uh, I will. I will smoke a pork shoulder, pull it all apart, and mm-hmm. then I will sauce it up with some great barbecue sauce. Yep. And then I will make cornbread, mm. fill it about a third full, uh, put a big pile, a huge pile of uh, pulled pork in there, and then top it with some more cornbread mix, and then bake it. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, it's like a pulled pork cornbread sandwich. That sounds awesome. Oh, and you drizzle some butter on top of that. And uh, I feel like I need to go out and get a pork butt so I can do this. You need to right now. Well, let's wait till the (laughs) podcast is over. Um, You know, and then the other thing I do, uh, not recipe wise, but I smoke a lot of things that I put in other dishes, Mm -hmm. you know, so like I smoke chickens and then, uh, and then I put it in a chicken pot pie. Uh, Mm -hmm. I smoke a chicken, I put it in a soup and uh, Mm that. I'm going to do some uh, jambalaya tomorrow night mm. and it's, I'm going to smoke chicken and I'm going to smoke uh, my andouille sausages in the smoker and then use them in the jambalaya. So it's going to be a smoked jambalaya. I'm not going to do seafood though, because nobody in my family eats it, um, but that's okay. Um, so those are some recipes. And if you need details on those, you're out of luck. <laughs> so um, all right, Justin, here's my question for you. We're talking Shoot. about food uh, and how much fun it is to cook recipes. We're talking about uh, there's this joy. Um, give me an example of a time. And, and our second passion, or maybe our first passion, uh, is we love to make disciples who make disciples. We love to walk oh, yeah. with people in their yeah. faith journey, no matter where they are, whether they're far from God or whether mm-hmm. they're following Jesus like a, like a, a, a a copycat. I mean, they're right there. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to walk with people so that they can reproduce the life of Jesus as they move towards him. Mm -hmm. So uh, give me an example of a time that you used food to walk with somebody. So today is Friday. Uh, All I have to do is go back to Wednesday (laughs) this week. (laughs) I love it. Because, you know, Leonard, this is such a regular part of my rhythm of disciple making is to meet with people over food. And I know that's why I jumped the gun earlier, because for me, this is, gosh, it's it's because it's it creates such an easy, safe environment for people. It's less threatening than the formal setting of my office, right? Yeah. And like, um, I need you to come to my office. We need to have a conversation because that just freaks people out. But hey, Dude, let's you go got meet a at, smoker in your office. I yeah, let's go meet at Dave's Hot Chicken yeah. and grab some hot chicken. You know, and so I I met with someone uh, this past week and we just had conversations about faith, life, uh, the journey he's on, and um, 
you know, use a lot of the tools and a lot of the things that you've basically done with me over the years. In fact, the conversation I had with him is there's going to come a day when you're going to sit across from a dude at a table at a Dave's hot chicken. Yeah. And you're going to ask these kinds of questions because that's the goal. That's the goal is to, to teach yeah. you how to do this, not so that you can just sit with me forever, but so that you can make disciples who make disciples. And yeah. so that that's one. Um, I also could think of, I go back two weeks. I was sitting around a campfire with a buddy and I would consider him, um, you know, he's not somebody I'm discipling, but that doesn't mean discipleship doesn't happen in friendship. Right. You know, it doesn't mean that discipleship doesn't happen with people who have more experience than I do. Right. Um, iron sharpens iron. Absolutely. And so we were, we were sharing about something and I just simply asked him a question. And that question was clearly a God question for him yeah. um, because it was a catalyst to just, I saw his mind open to a new idea mm. and a new hope and a new piece of encouragement on the role that he was in. Cause he was just really discouraged with it. Yeah. And, you know, that's, you know, that's beautiful. And just God blessing, because I mean, we had just managed, we had just pigged out, we'd made these big old meals and we're sitting around this fire and the afterglow of the food coma that it was. Oh, that's called and, meat sweats. Yeah. And that's, but that's, I mean, those are the places that cook food that, yeah. that they have conversations, it's, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's after the meal, it's during the cooking, mm -hmm. unless they're not in the kitchen with you, which it, yeah. so yeah, it yeah. happens often for me, but yeah. literally I can, I can point to you know, two to three instances in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, Cause this is a, this is a part of the rhythm of my life um, yeah. is using food as a catalyst for connection. I, I just, I don't know how to not do it at this point, man. I'm hearing you. I think, uh, over the years, uh, one of the things that, uh, my son and I did over the years was, we went on a on a mission to find the best biscuits and gravy in mm. the region. Okay. Uh, we've done other kinds of things like, okay, so that's the best biscuits and gravy. Who has the best chicken fried steak? Mm. You know, and uh, we've done things like that. In my house, uh, we occasionally do just a, a month or two of uh, every week rotating uh, a curry dish. So. Mm. You make one from whatever region of the world you want. And then next week, Marilee killed it last night. She did a a, a coconut curry meatball dish mm. that was out of this world. You know, that and good. so we we do stuff like that. And the interaction, uh, the affirmation, the connection around those things are not designed to be spiritual, but to be relational. Mm -hmm with people who are trying to figure out how to find and follow Jesus, mm -hmm. you know? And so we're not trying to say, well, here's the life lesson. Mm -hmm. You bring your, your two fish and five loaves to Jesus and he will multiply. We know that's true. It's mm -hmm. in the Bible, mm -hmm. but really just come back and say, wow, that food was amazing. It was a gift that you gave us. And boy, such affirmation and encouragement. Um, uh, we, I use food all the time, uh, whether, uh, I did a bunch of smoked meatloafs, uh, and for those who are going smoked meatloafs, yes, you can. Um, it's the best. And so absolutely did, the best. Is it though? Oh my gosh. Um, I did a, I did 12 of them the other day mm -hmm. and I took a couple to my neighbor's house and, uh, he came by the next day and he said, 
I was exhausted yesterday. I got home and I thought I've got to leave and go get McDonald's. And you came over with those two meatloafs and they were so amazing. Cool. And this is a, this is a guy that uh, I pray for. I'm trying to find ways to have conversations about Jesus with him. Uh, we talk about the work that I do in other countries and he says, I'm going to say a prayer for you. Mm. And I'm always grateful, but the door that is opening Mm -hmm. actually comes around food. Mm -hmm. uh, he showed up the next day or two days later with my tray that I'd given him and it was packed with ve fresh veggies from his garden. Oh, that's and, awesome. Uh, you know, what a he, trade. He, oh, and it was terrific. The tomatoes yeah. to die for fresh tomatoes are the best. Mm, yeah, and are. so using food as a vehicle, one of the things that I think it does is it just opens a door. It mm -hmm. is a it is an amazing way to say to somebody else, uh, let's share something together that mm -hmm. is an experience mm -hmm. uh, that is handcrafted. That is, uh, I love this. I think you're going to love it too. Part of there's something natural in that about the Jesus story. Yeah, because when I experience Christ and all of His goodness, I want you to as well. Yeah. Uh, the scripture says, taste and see that God is good. And food is a living illustration of how I move from experience to advocate. Mm -hmm. uh, and well, I've experienced this, you know, Dave's hot chicken. Mm -hmm. And now I'm saying, you got to come over here and have this with me. Try Dave. this Dave's hot chicken. Yes. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so um, when you are, uh, I'm going to point something out that I just think is actually pretty cool. Um your son is on uh, is heading to uh, Cuba with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I've watched him work his tail off with you. Oh yeah, you know oh, what? Oh, an, yeah. And and there's joy in going. This is good food, and I am. You might be creating the recipe, but he is he's sharing the experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was like for some of Jesus's disciples. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. shared the experience even though Jesus was the one casting out the demon, even though Jesus was the one raising the dead, even though mm -hmm. Jesus was the one stopping the bleeding, they shared the experience. Well, I can't help but always think when you're talking about this topic, one of the things that always comes to mind is the Pharisees accusation. Why does Jesus eat with tax collectors and sinners? And they kept accusing him of being a glutton and a drunkard. Because he's constantly celebrating with folks that were marginalized. I mean, Jesus was having dinner with people. Zacchaeus, come on, we're gonna have dinner at your place tonight. You're gonna you're gonna throw a feast. We're gonna we're gonna party and we're gonna hang out and eat food together. And so I just I think it's I think there's a couple of things, Leonard. I think part of it is God gave us this amazing gift of food to sustain our lives. Like that's we can't live without it. Yeah. Um, are there better and healthier foods than others? Yes. Um, are there, you know, better choices that some of us can make? Yes, but it's still about that. So there's that piece and then there's the relational piece connected to it. I mean, gosh, when you really want, if you want to get spiritual and you dive into the Jewish community and culture and you find that sharing a meal means I'm inviting you to share life with me, yeah. not just this meal, Right. Yeah. Um, like I want to be friends, like deep friends. I want to get into each other's lives and know each other. And, you know, our, while that may not be the norm for uh, us in America, it is 
it's a beautiful model for us. And it's, I, I just think that there's something, you know, we, you've, you've said it a couple of times, just the relational piece. It, for me, it just is not threatening. I don't need to wear my pastor hat. I don't need to uh, be the one in the know of everything in the midst of this. I don't have to be the one with all the information. I'm just here to live my life alongside of you in yeah. that direction. Yeah. And, and that it's liberating. It's just Boy, that liberating. Is a great word. It's liberating. I, you know, Justin, it's very, it's very interesting to me that when you think about um, the world that we live in, and uh, you and I are going to go to Cuba in uh, mm-hmm. in a month or so. And we're going to go sit with friends who have food scarcity. Yeah. We don't. You know, we might go, oh, well, I, I got nothing in my fridge. Right. But we're 10 minutes from a store where we'll refill our fridge. Right. I have, I, I very rarely have my entire life have ever had to pray, give us this day our daily bread. I just don't have to. And uh, because my daily bread, I've got weeks of bread in my fridge, in my freezer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yet I go places around the world where, you know, in Cuba right now, they're literally saving food and they have been for months just to host a conference for us mm-hmm. in uh, in August. And so uh, the food scarcity, um, food means a lot of different things. And so uh, I went out, I was just there last week. And they prepared a couple meals for me mm-hmm. that I know they didn't have money for. Mm-hmm. And they sat with anticipation mm-hmm. watching me eat them. You know, like, oh, is he going to like this? This is going to be so good for him. He's going to love it. And I did, of course, but it food takes on a lot of different levels, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, uh, one country I go to um, regularly, uh, half the people I serve are malnutritioned mm-hmm. because they can't get a meal a day. Mm-hmm. You know, their kids uh, get, get the bulk of the food. And so when we talk about food as a part of life, um, it just gives us to me, it just gives that much more meaning and value when we, when we find ways to share it. Yeah. Um, some of our friends were, some of my friends in uh, in West Africa were attacked and their village was slaughtered. And so yeah. our first response was to get them food. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get them food because food is life. You know, let's get them food and let's get them oil mm-hmm. and so they can cook it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just think that there's so many things that center around food. But one of the things that, you know, as you and I are talking, I use cooking and food as a means to build bridges, to open doors, and to to make friends, to mentor, to coach. Not because I'm better at food, but because I can do it with somebody and we can have conversations. So I'm going to tell a little bit of our story. Mm, okay. Um, uh, I was pastoring my first church, and we were at a at a high school that is in a low income, <laughs> uh, multicultural, high violence, uh, high drug, high gang area Mm -hmm. and the head coach of the football team was a guy that i was mentoring Mm -hmm. and so i said to him i said uh what could i do for you that would make your job better Mm. to make your job easier and he said well my guys we're trying to build a football program but we have my guys go home and all they have in their refrigerator is beer and cheese 
He said, if they could get one great meal a week from and know it's coming, that would make a huge, huge difference. I said, consider it done. And so what I did was I immediately began to, to take and um, find people to walk alongside of me, invite them to my house, and we catered meals. And you and I catered several of those meals. Whether mm-hmm. it was soup we made, whether mm-hmm. it was uh, uh, that garlic lasagna I made. No, it was the garlic enchiladas. Oh, that's what it was. It was, garlic it was the garlic enchiladas. They tasted so good, but I got to tell you what, <laughs> my true Mexican friend said to me, we don't put that much garlic in our enchiladas. <laughs> for, for our listeners out there, I, I want you to imagine a garlic loaf in the middle of a tortilla with enchilada sauce. That might as well have been what these suckers were. <laughs> Because there was so much garlic in them that you, like, I'm pretty sure the offensive and defensive line of that football team literally just scared the other team off that day because of the sheer smell permeating from their their pores. Like, it just bled out of you afterwards. Oh, it did. And that was, you know, not to be too crass, but that was the one meal that the coach said to me. He said, Please don't hey, make that again. at halftime, all my guys just went to the bathroom. They didn't have time for the team talk because it was just coming out. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's that's code for don't make that meal for us again. Um, yeah. But it was pretty funny. And I, uh, we did that. We did uh, soups. We did all kinds of stuff. Uh, we roasted a pig for their banquet. Yeah, that was the first one I ever did. The first and one we ever did. And that journey of doing those things <clears> – <throat> I knew you were working in a restaurant. I also mm-hmm. knew that you were saying, God's made me for more than this. Mm-hmm. I also knew that it was a season of your life where you needed, you needed a, a, a friend mm-hmm. who would yeah. uh, appreciate you for who you were, but who would also encourage you to be more. Yeah. Who would walk with you, who would hear you, who would listen to you, um, who would just love you as you were. Mm-hmm. And all your struggles, all your successes, all your, um, all those things. And so we cooked more meals together. Uh, I've probably cooked more meals with you than probably almost any other person mm-hmm. uh, along the way. And uh, we did that. And so we're coming back from the banquet where we're, where we've, we've fed them a roasted pig. Yep. And uh, I remember a conversation. I don't remember the exact way it went, but it was mm-hmm. something like, how cool would it be if you had a big uh, a big uh, trailer barbecue smoker and uh, you had uh, a business and it could be something like, you know, burnt offering barbecue or something. <laughs> We're just batting it around back and forth. And like a week later, burnt offering barbecue had a big smoker trailer and mm-hmm. came in from Texas and, and uh, there was a business and business cards and, and God used that. Yeah. And in, in one very real way, uh, I discipled you yeah. by just cooking alongside of you. And I say that to you, I mean, how much fun did we have? We still laugh about some of the food we made. Um, I remember the time that I made those beans and I put that Dave's insanity sauce in them. That was just evil. It was because uh, I made that and you and Eric were eating. I put a big spoonful in each of yours and none in mine. 
And then I'm eating it like it's nothing. And you guys' ears are turning red. I'm uh, sweating. It's painful. Yeah. And and their tears are running out their face. And I'm going like, is that well, hot? I don't understand. I don't understand. It's just, it's just <laughs> it's chilly. Regular. It's not that hot. It's just yeah. beans. And uh, I told you about it a year later. Yeah, um, way later. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we've done, you know, whether it's camping or whatever, that all centered around something happened when we were doing that mm -hmm. it leveled the playing field so that trust could grow yes yes uh you could yes. you didn't have to i didn't have to be the expert at everything mm -hmm. um there was ways that i could say man you figure it out you tell me what to do here mm -hmm. uh, you're better at this than me and it mm -hmm. was it became a reciprocal process mm -hmm. of, of 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 encouragement discipling and mentoring that, you know, that story to me plays out again and again in other people's lives, whether it's, uh, I think we could do a whole other podcast on camping, fishing, mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. four-wheeling, mm -hmm. off-roading, shooting, um, uh, all these different activities. Maybe we will coming up in the future, but I feel like it was, it was centered around food, recipes, cooking meals tasting them uh getting opinions what do you think i would add this oh that's too mm -hmm. much of that mm -hmm. that allowed us to have conversations that were the same conversations only spiritual but yeah. that's really good boy there's too mm -hmm. much of this there there's not enough of this here um, boy you know what the recipe is just not right um or that's a great recipe keep mm -hmm. working on that recipe and I'm not spiritualizing it. I'm just paralleling it. Mm -hmm. you know, those yeah. are the same conversations we had about life, family, marriage, faith, following Jesus, loving others. Um, boy, boy, I'm so grateful for those times. Yeah, me know, too. Sitting in my garage, laughing ourselves stupid over naming a pig that is spinning on a spit in my garage while my neighbors keep driving by going, is that a pig he's cooking in there? Do you remember the name? I don't remember the name. Now that you mentioned it, I'm like, I forgot that we named the pig. Did we name it Sean? I thought I we think named it. We Sean. did name it Sean. We did. Uh, we happened to have a, a friend that was a police officer, and we were being completely inappropriate by naming. We were, Sean. and and <laughs> and I think we even did. We send him pictures of Sean. We like, did, and we told him about it. And he said, "Very funny. I should come by and arrest you all." Yeah, and I said, "Yeah, but we're not in Placer County. We're in Sac County, so you can't." Right. Right. You, <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, he he's actually a, been we've been friends since we were fifteen. So oh it's yeah, okay been to offend him. Yes, <clears throat> but those are the things that happen through across the table from a meal. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the things that happen when we said let's work together to make something for someone else. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that happen when we said um, I'm gonna I'm gonna need to rely on your strength, um, yeah, your wisdom, your knowledge. Um, and man, what a what an amazing opportunity that was, and and now after this whole podcast, I'm kind of hungry. Um, yeah, food sounds good. It does. I'm thinking. Well, I got a I got a pork butt in my uh, in my freezer. I could pop that guy out, and yeah. Then I think, well, I got a brisket in there too. Maybe. Then I think, no, no, I'm saving those. I'm saving those. Yes. So, yes. but uh, um, Justin, when it comes to uh, when it comes to um, uh, 
the whole idea of, of making disciples who make disciples. How cool is it to have somebody cook something that you taught them how to cook? You know, it's, um, I think of Zach, my son, right? Um, I pulled him into the kitchen at a very early age because he had interest in it. And so I taught him how to handle a knife. That was the first thing that we learned was how to chop vegetables. So he wouldn't slice his hand open. And, um, while cutting things, he's never cut himself, but he has cut himself. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, he, you know, so it was just teaching him the basics, right? You're, you're teaching him how to use a knife, how to hold the blade, how to keep your, your fingers back. So as you're chopping quickly, you don't slice a, a fingertip off and, um, different techniques in that and then having them practice. Right. Um, that is very much, very much parallels the mm-hmm. spiritual journey. You just teach them the basics of, and and I'm sure we'll talk about this down the road of follow, trust, love, imitate, bear fruit. And yeah. you're just teaching them that follow piece, right? You're teaching them the imitate piece. You're teaching them the trust piece. And, um, Zachary is a phenomenal cook. Now mm-hmm. uh, he is constantly telling me what he's cooking in his house. He's like, yeah, I did a maple glazed salmon, cedar plank salmon on the grill the other day with uh, potato croquettes and stuff like that. And I'm thinking to myself, boy, this boy is killing it. Killing it. Oh, gosh. He's what, 24, 25? 23. 23. And he's doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's he's cooking at levels that I didn't even cook at when I was in my 20s. Um, You know, he's doing barbecue. He's doing some other stuff. But, you know, he is quite... In fact, he asked me for a recipe the other day. I don't remember what it was, but I just rattled it off to him as quick as possible. Oh, it was. I, so I've made these flank steak pinwheels before mm-hmm. where you butterfly a flank steak out. You fill it with uh, spinach and mushrooms and Parmesan cheese and you wheel it back up, pin it, slice it into these like Swiss rolls and grill them. And they are money. Um, so I just literally in a text message typed it. And I'm like, I know he's got this. Once I, he understands the basics of it, he'll he'll just run with it. And so he'll, and I'm sure he'll make it better. He'll do different mm-hmm. internal ingredients and mess with it because that's just kind of what you teach them to do is yeah. make it your own. And I think that is the there's a parallel there that's a spiritual mm-hmm. one. That mm-hmm. one of the things that you taught me along the way, Leonard, was your faith journey isn't my faith journey. Make this your own. Make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the piece that you've encouraged me so much in is that, you know, learning to follow Jesus while you've given me the rhythms and the things like that, you want me to do it the way he made me and wired me and let, you know, lead the way he made me. Don't try and lead like I do. You're not the same person. And, and so how do I take what I've been given and really transform it into my own? Yeah. How do I put my own fingerprints in, in the midst of that? And that's, one of those amazing lessons that food does for me um, is, and, and so seeing people do what I've trained them to do mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. Um, you know, I work with a lot of volunteers. When I was catering a lot, I would bring people who had zero experience in the kitchen and I trained them and equipped them to do what I wanted them to do. And um, gosh, I, I, you know, I think of Ramon and, you know, the, the countless hours of catering with this yeah. dude and, um, just our friendship and relationships that have come out of those things. I mean, I just, I repeatedly, this story could be told with various people in yeah, my life. Yeah. Um, so it is, is definitely it, a beautiful thing. 
it's a crazy amount of joy. Um, you know, my son cooks incredibly well. His palate is 10 times better than mine. He's yeah. the kind of kid who, a kid, he's the kind of man who can eat mm -hmm. something and go, well, I think it just needs a little bit more of this. Mm -hmm. Or, and so oftentimes I'll be making something and I'll say, hey, come over here and taste this and mm -hmm. then fix it. And he'll come mm -hmm. in and he'll go, okay. He just opens the cupboard, puts a couple of things in and go, it's already better. Um, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what, where some of that comes from, I think, is me teaching him basics. Mm -hmm. And then him going, okay, you know what? I, I've got this gift. I've got this talent that goes, this palette that goes beyond my dad's. Mm -hmm. I'm using it. When I think about that as a spiritual concept, I think about you and you pastoring and leading small groups and leading a ministry in your church that um, is amazing and working with young people in your church, you know, the 20 somethings and, and such, seeing those things unfold. Um, you know, John said this, he said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And he was talking about his disciples mm -hmm. who are making disciples, mm -hmm. who are making disciples. And it's fun because when, when Jesus was on the earth, he said, and one of these days, one of these days, you'll do greater things than these. And, you know, we spiritualize that we, well, that's because the Holy Spirit will live in you. And because, and that's true. And you'll be able to go so many more places and the church will spread out in so many more places and so on. But in reality, I think there's a, a really practical truth to that, that Jesus said, I came and I did this thing here. I, I, I paid the penalty of sin. I accomplished the satisfaction of God. And when I rose from the dead, it was sealed forever. Mm -hmm. You're going to build hospitals. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, the disciples of the disciples started orphanages. Mm -hmm. The disciples of the disciples built hospitals. The disciples of the disciples um, literally abolished slavery in mm -hmm. more than one country, in more than one season, in more than one epoch of time. Mm -hmm. The disciples of the disciples... Uh, and Jesus is saying that you're going to take the recipe I gave you, which is love one another as I have loved you. And it's going to be multiplied through you in ways that I didn't do. That's a cooking lesson. That's a lesson I get from cooking. Yeah. You know, you, you and I are going to make a, uh, one of these days we're going to sit in the kitchen together and we're going to make some stuff. And it's going to be incredibly fun. And we may have somebody else in there who goes, I want to learn and they'll do it. You know, I've got a guy out here who's making, uh, who's making um, smoked pizzas now. Yeah. And he mm -hmm. says, I didn't even know you could do that. Mm -hmm. I said, oh yeah. And now he's doing it. And I have no mm -hmm. doubt they'll be better than the ones I've made. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, I just, uh, I just want, I just love the whole idea that of food and disciple making um, anything else you want to say before we, uh, sign off here and, uh, uh, get to the rest of our days? Well, I think, I think one of the lessons that I've learned there in the kitchen too, is humility. Mm. Uh, cause I'll be honest, not everything I hit, I make is a home run. Uh, not everything I make has been outstanding. Like, you know, I'd love to say, oh yeah, I've never, never missed a beat, never skipped a beat. In fact, I've, I've had some things light on fire. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I've burned some stuff. I've overseasoned some things. Um, I've got a little too uh, generous with the salt. And so I've ruined a meal before, um, you know, and so there is something about not taking yourself so seriously in the kitchen, you know, that it's okay to make mistakes and try things like, yeah. you know, I, I think there's a gift in that journey in our faith that we're trying new things, trying our chair time differently, trying mm-hmm. to read differently, trying to learn differently, you know, being humble uh, when we do make mistakes, you know, and then celebrating others wins. I think mm-hmm. this is one of the things you've always done so well with me is you celebrate the fact that I'm really good at this, mm-hmm. um, you know? And so I've always appreciated that I've always, you know, and, and, and I'm not the best, believe me, I'm not a five-star or a three-star Michelin chef. I don't know food at that level, but I'm pretty darn good like what I do. Yeah. And I can stay in my lane pretty well when it comes to those things. And so, um, but I also know that there are men and women that are far better than I am. And so it's not, for me, it's not a comparison. Yeah. It's just do what's in front of me. I love the person in front of me, build that relationship, use whatever tool I have to help that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, we're going to talk about fishing and hunting and wheeling and those things, but food is just one of those tools that I use. It's just one of the biggest tools that I use, whether it's at a coffee shop and we're talking about really fancy high-end coffee or we're, you know, making food in a, in a kitchen or in a fast food restaurant or something, the meals that we share, the food that we cook together, the experiences creates those environments for us to help people follow Jesus better. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love that. that. That is an absolute gift. Don't miss out on it. If you're wondering, if you're one of those listeners out there thinking, man, I got to do these formal education. My encouragement to you is don't stress like that. Uh, yeah. Do life together. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the places that we do life together. Yeah. Yeah. That is so good, Justin. I, I I'll wrap it up with this, uh, this uh, quick story. When Marilyn and I first got married, um, Marilyn's a good recipe follower. I yeah. am a mm-hmm. good experimenter, or usually mm-hmm. I am. Uh, but when we first got married, I made a dish and we called it uh-huh. <laughs> I and, remember this story. The reason it was called <laughs> uh-huh uh, was because she would say, did you put this in here? Uh-huh. uh-huh. What about this? Uh-huh. And, and eventually became uh-uh. Because she was like, is, is that good? Uh-uh. <laughs> and and uh, along the way, you learn what works and what doesn't. Yeah. You know, you learn what works. You learn what doesn't. You learn how things go together. Um, you learn the combinations of foods and tastes and flavors. Mm-hmm. And you do that spiritually as well. You learn what works and what doesn't. Um, you and I, I discipled you in a different way than I discipled other people mm-hmm. because things that worked with you would not have worked with somebody else. Uh, mm-hmm. Or um, you you don't, it's not a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I, I think that there's not everything, not everything is uh-huh, um, you know? Um, and I think it's a true lesson. Uh, so... Well, listen, my friend, uh, I'm going to let you get out of here and uh, get to your day. I'm going to get to mine. Um, thanks for joining me today. I sure appreciate you and love you. Love you too, my and, friend. Uh, can't wait to, uh, can't wait to uh, uh, 
sit on a plane with you and uh, chat and laugh and goof off with our team in Cuba at the end of August. So, uh, folks, thanks for joining us today on Say Yes and Become. We are excited about this conversation. Justin and I are going to come back and we're going to talk about some other things we've done side by side with people that uh, just creative ways to to connect to people through and make disciples who make disciples. Um, and then we're going to talk about a process that we both use to mm-hmm. walk people from this initial experience with Jesus all the way through to fruit bearing followers and friends of Jesus. Yeah, it's helping absolutely. people find and follow. Um, and so we're going to talk about that. That's going to be a few more uh, podcasts down the road. We're looking forward to those. Uh, but with that said, thanks for being and tuning in today. And we will see you next time on Say Yes and Become.